0: This is Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence. Your 803 tee time every Sunday morning right here on ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. Backspin Golf is brought to you by Clark's Pump and Shop, Lexington Parks and Recreation, Edwin Watts Golf, and Georgetown Advantage Air. Let's join your host Matthew Lawrence for Backspin Golf.
1: Good morning, good morning, welcome to our 803 Tea Time from the Square Country Club in downtown Lexington for another edition of Backspin Golf. Uh, the This show today, we are not only going to talk about golf, it'll be about golf but we're also going to get life lessons, that's right. <laughs> Uh, these these guys that I'm I will be talking to today uh, have one of them is there's no such thing as most unique he's unique now, I've been waiting to speak with him for quite a while and I'm really glad uh, I got him on Tucker Booth will be joining me <laughs> wait till you hear this guy. Uh, Then Evan Singer from The Par Train, who is always great about the mental side of golf. But truly, these things that uh, Evan and I talk about apply to life. I know it sounds kind of corny or something, but it's true. These are not only things that help us on the golf course. They help us just in life, day to day. So, Sean, make sure you listen, too, because we can all use the help. Maybe not you as much as I. We'll see. And then my buddy from down in Florida and Golf Unfiltered, Dan Hauser, will join me. All of it right here on Backspin Golf. Christmas Garrow next on the tee. Chris, just listen to me and Tucker talk. That's all I'm going to say. All right, here we go. As I always talk about, I am blessed to have the guests on the show that I have. This is really something I've been looking forward to because, how do I say this before I say hello to him? This is one of the most, well, there's no such thing as most unique. He's unique in many ways. And we'll start with the incredible podcast that he does and has been doing for a long time called Rappers Don't Golf. That's right, rappers don't golf. I'm not sure about that, but we'll ask him why. And then he is also, uh, hold on for a minute, Tucker, I'm not done yet. He's, this is what his Twitter bio says, professional entertainer, writer, rapper, raconteur, which is a word we don't use enough, but he's also an author. And we're going to get into a book. Uh, that he and one of my favorite people, Lisa Cornwell, uh, uh, this book is now available, I believe, and we're going to talk about this book because it's very important. Okay, now I can say hello. Hello, Tucker Booth.
2: Boy, you played me in
1: with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. You gave me the greatest shine
2: job I could ever ask for. <laughs> I feel like this interview's done. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks for coming Good on, program. Tucker.
1: Been awesome. It's been great talking to you. Maybe yeah. we'll talk again sometime. <laughs> yeah, let me know. Wise guy. You know I already don't like you because you live in Redondo Beach, California. You already that know that. True. So That is true. Yeah, um, uh, but, but I thank you for getting up early to speak with me today. Before we get to talk about Lisa's and yours great book, I want to, this whole thing about Rappers Don't Golf, I want you, we talked a little bit about it, but I want you to tell my listeners exactly what, what this is. There is nothing like this anywhere, and we all know about golf podcasts. There's nothing like this anywhere. How did this Rappers Don't Golf come about?
2: Well, it's kind of a very circuitous route into my golf podcasting career, Because, first of all, as I think you know, I am a truly terrible golfer. And I am not exaggerating. I can't even win on PGA 2K23 on the PlayStation. I am terrible. Oh, boy. Terrible. Go on the Corn Ferry Tour on on the PlayStation. (laughs) But uh, I I got into golf about 15 years ago just watching it on TV like everybody else. Got enamored with Tiger when he was still kind of at the height of his powers. Yep. And... My son was born around the same time, and I put a golf club in his hand just so I'd have an excuse to hit balls at the park while he was playing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I
2: stunk. I couldn't even get it out of the grass. But this little boy at one and two years old was fighting balls, and everyone's going, oh, my gosh, so the next Tiger Woods. And <laughs> that was what got me into golf was my son and, oh, awesome. and playing with him. So as I got more into it, I started following it online and following it everywhere else that I could. And I, I realized that I was as attracted to all these golf journalists, mm-hmm. golf personalities on television as much as I was attracted to the game itself. And that's because I was raised in theater. I was raised uh, singing in bands. Mm-hmm. And, and as and as we've animated, I, I started a rap record label out of St. Louis, Missouri, where I came from in my early 20s that did uh, hip-hop and alternative rock. Mm-hmm. So I had been putting out rap records. I've been winning freestyle rap battles. In fact, as of today, I've won 12 freestyle rap battle championships in four states. Wow. And just had this musical background as a DJ and an entertainer that that I thought could make kind of a unique blend. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing on my podcast was inviting on folks, and it started with my neighbor, Rick Riley, the great golf writer, who hired me to play a party for him. Just by happenstance. We did, I didn't even know it was him. His wife booked me online to play piano and guitar and sing at their Christmas party. And when I'm introduced, it's Rick Riley. And that kind of started a, a friendship that that turned into me interviewing him when his book about Trump golfing came out. And that turned into other people from golf channel and thereabouts wanting to get involved. And one thing led to the next, and I've got to give a shout-out. It's really Michael J. Whalen, who yeah. was the original senior executive producer slash creator of Golf Channel, that really got my foot in the door because we struck up a friendship. Mike had been out of TV for a long time and had been dealing with some mental stuff. And he and I wrote a biography together called I Built a Masterpiece and Then I Fell Apart, the Michael J. Whalen story. Wow! It took us about a year, about a 70-pager, mm-hmm. and that went viral and it went viral to all the people that I could have ever wanted it to go viral to, all of my heroes from ESPN, Golf Channel, et cetera. And that's how all these wonderful guests started coming to my little podcast. But I want to make make it clear, we're not just talking to golf folks. Yeah, We really do have rappers on. We have comedians, journalists, pretty much anybody I feel like talking to. I kind of uh, describe myself as a slightly less stoned Joe Rogan. That's me.
1: <laughs> all right. I, uh, I'm i not going to comment on that. Okay, because you're <laughs> much better than Joe Rogan. Anyway... Thank you. Uh, I love that whole... Uh, this is why I love stories like this. And again, yours is kind of unique because, you know, it's not very many people. I, I've been reading Rick Riley. Uh, I've interviewed Rick Riley. Uh, you know, that whole connection is amazing to me. It's just amazing to me. Why, but... Uh, you talked about this with me a little bit too what how did the whole thing with rappers saying to you dude what are you doing I, that to me was a great part of this story
2: well yeah and it's hilarious because i
1: was still firmly one
2: foot in the hip hop world when i started getting into golf especially on twitter yeah but i was sharing all these Swing videos and tiger, <laughs> tiger interviews and men's health and whatnot. And all these rapper guys, these battle guys, started descending on my Twitter page going, what's all this rappers don't golf crap? What? <laughs> you know, you know, what's with this golf stuff? Rap- rappers don't golf. I mean, you know, that's, what, that's not real hip hop. Rappers don't golf. And it was funny because it was just some trolling online. And I went, rappers don't golf. Perfect. That's what I'm calling the show. Perfect.
1: It's that's so Awesome. I love and that. you know
2: and let me just be clear: rappers do golf because I have tons of guests come on and always do this. Hey, Snoop Dogg golf? What are you talking about? Yeah, yes, you're right. But rappers don't golf with Tucker Booth, so that is uh, truly you know okay. how how we're going with this podcast. Okay. With well,
1: it's obviously working because you've right. had great people on with you. Uh, you know, I was I actually listened, and I'll shout out to my buddy Chris Mascaro, which is how I originally heard about you. And every Sunday morning on Backspin Golf, I say, good morning, Chris, because he listens every Sunday morning, one of the best humans on the planet. And uh, I've listened to your interviews with Chris, and you've been doing them with him for a long time. And you've mentioned incredible people you've had on your podcast, and I love that stuff. All right, here's what I want to move into now with you. I want to move into the book. Uh, sure. And it's such an important piece of work by Lisa and by you. And so I want you, first of all, to talk to me for a minute about how you got involved with Lisa. I know you just talked about the Golf Channel and Michael Whalen, and all that, but something incredibly special has come out of that friendship.
2: Yeah, so... First, let's back up to the shutdown during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, I pretty much had all of my live music work disappear, as you would imagine, because we live musicians became the least essential people on the planet there right. for a minute. Yeah. So going through the crisis that I went through with my mental health about that, I really had to make a quick decision on how I was going to pivot. And what came to me was, it's time to write a book. Mm-hmm. And so... I went kind of on my own spirit journey where I just kind of sequestered myself out in the Oregon wilderness for a while and started writing a book of my own, which I'm now done with and will be coming out within the next year. But as I was writing this book, kind of just trying to save my sanity and using it as my day to day writing process. I got in touch with Lisa Cornwell because she shot out a tweet that I saw that went around the world real quick saying, I'm now done with my contract with golf channel and I'm ready to spill all the tea about a lot of stuff that's gone on there that I'm not okay with. So I reached out right away when I saw that and said, would you like to come on my pod? And she said, sure. But when she called me, she said, you know, we'll do the podcast and all that, but I've got bigger fish to fry with you. And before I realized what was happening, she said, I want you to be the co-author of my book. Amazing. And I said, Lisa, why? Why me? I mean, there's so many other people. And she said, I read your piece on Michael Whalen And when I read it, I got goosebumps and said, that's the guy. So, again, shout out to Mike Whalen. Without you, this wouldn't have happened. But um, Lisa and I became great friends over the last few years. And in in her words, she told me more about her personal life than she's even told most of her family. Hmm. So I really got to know her very well. And and, um, it's tough stuff. You know, it's not just tough because she's talking about a toxic workplace culture at Golf Channel that I've been privy to since I started talking to Mike mm-hmm. way back when and that goes far back further than, than Lisa's tenure there but it also is about her own personal struggles with all kinds of stuff in her life that go so deep and and it's very vulnerable stuff yeah I think a lot of people when they see her promoting this think this is just going to be some angry bitter mm-hmm. swipey book it's not that it's um it's really about how she worked on herself over an entire lifetime of starting out as a golf prodigy in Arkansas, who won four state amateur championships and was expected to be this great major champion on the LPGA. And now she decided that that wasn't for her, that she wanted to go into sports journalism, got all the way to the top of Golf Channel, or at least top strong word. But, you know, she was up there working oh, yeah. you know, on, the, on the main shows and then got drummed out because she was outspoken about workplace culture that was going on there that she was not okay with. And now she's out there trying to fire up everyone, but especially women and minorities, to speak up when when they have things happen to them that are not okay in the workplace.
1: And you know this, the, uh, I keep saying how important this book is because this is, and again, this has nothing to do with golf. This has to do with society and the many things. Uh, and we don't ever talk politics on the show, but you know the many things that are very, very troubling in our society, and this is one of them, and that's the toxicity in workplaces, uh, not just, obviously, the Golf Channel, in many, 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 many businesses. And uh, the book is the book has been released, right? Well, actually, if or, we officially drop on
2: May 23rd, oh, okay. so we're coming out in a couple of weeks, but you can indeed pre-order it now right. through whichever... Site you'd like. Uh, in fact, the one thing we can brag about is it's been selling so well on Amazon that we're the number one memoir pre-sale. We are outselling Tyson Fury and David Faraday. so we are outselling wow. the heavyweight champion at all in this your face, great. Tyson.
1: And it's called Troublemaker, by the way. That's correct. And, uh, Lisa Cornwell has, as I said before, has always been a favorite of mine when she was on the Golf Channel, and we should say. You and I talked about this earlier. Uh, We both have friends that were at the Golf Channel uh, when part of this happened with Lisa. And they are both now, (laughs) two of them, with Live Golf, which I'm not a big fan of. But we love these people. You talked, I know you talked about Jerry Fultz and Karen Stupples, two of my favorite people, and uh, Keith Hirschland, who. For twenty plus years, was you know the guy at the Golf Channel in terms of production who has nothing to do with any of this, which that is
2: correct made me happy. Shout out to Keith. Keith's been a, a great friend and someone that's been a, a sounding board for all my writing endeavors, and uh, and someone that I that I definitely respect. So shout out to Keith and obviously Jerry and Karen, consummate professionals at what they do for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, before I let you go, uh so what's what's uh, you are your book is now done. What happens with this now? Cuz I can't wait to read this book. Anybody that goes uh, uh thank goodness you're not Aaron Rodgers. Like you didn't do a darkness retreat. Did you? Well, no. Okay. I mean, I, that's
2: pretty much just every afternoon okay. in my bedroom, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can get
1: that right here in Redondo. Yeah, they, Oh, see, you had to bring up Redondo again. Damn <laughs> it. Um, but Jimmy and I make fun of Aaron Rodgers all the time and his eating. I call him Hiawatha brownies because I don't want to use the <laughs> word he used. But um, what's the process now if you're finished? Is it edited? And then how how does that work in your world?
2: Well, yeah, we went through extensive editing, and that was about seven rounds of editing with first ourselves and then with the the publishers at Triumph Books Mm -hmm. and their editors. It's good. It's ready. It's out. I've got a hard copy in my hands here of the the pre-press, so it's done, but um, the the new new deal will be once it comes out on May 23rd, we're going to be touring it, and that'll probably be steady for the next half a year. Wow. We're going to go to D.C. I know we hadn't mentioned, but Lisa's cousin is Bill Clinton, who... Uh, did uh, help with the, the uh, editing of this book. Actually, mm-hmm. I was getting notes from the former president, so wow. that's pretty How neat. Cool. Uh, How Hillary cool. writes the foreword. Yep. so we're going to go there and we're going to we're going to do some stuff with them, and just keep touring it for for the foreseeable future. So be looking in your town; we'll probably be coming your way at some point. Hopefully, and, uh, I'm from the Midwest. Lisa's from the Midwest. We should be around there. Yep. But uh, you know that's that's kind of the big deal. And then uh, the greatest news is. As a result of this book and the word of mouth that came with it, I have now just signed a contract to write my next book, helping yet another person tell their very tough story about life on the PGA tour. So wow. excited to get going on book number two.
1: This is uh, this whole thing is just on my, who are you? Tucker? Booth? <laughs> we'll get into this another time. And by the way, uh, when we were first introduced by Chris, uh, you said that you would love to have me on the podcast. I can think of nothing I'd rather do than do.
2: Now that. I want to talk about Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, to of if course you do. The uh, Cyburns were as gorgeous person as they were on television.
1: Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Of course you do. Everybody does okay. I'll talk about it with you. Okay, if I have to. All right. Um, <laughs> I live right by the nine hundred two one zero house
2: down there in Hermosa. I pass it all the time. Yeah, I pass South it all Bay the
1: time there. in Hermosa and Redondo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're a great one, man. Uh, I've enjoyed this so much. We'll keep talking about the book, uh, and hopefully I'll be able to get Lisa on. I'll talk to you about that, too. Oh,
2: uh, most definitely. I'm sure she'd be happy to come talk to you. Thanks so much okay. for having me on, Matthew. Thanks, I'm pal. Definitely appreciate Have you, Have a buddy. great
1: day.
0: All right. Peace out. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Commonwealth Credit Union.
1: Welcome back. I've been waiting for this for a long time because it's been too long since I've had the chance to speak to somebody that I respect and admire as much as I do, Evan Singer. Um, And, you know, for everybody listening, I don't only like to talk about golf or sports. I like to give life lessons to the people I care about, like my listeners. I care about all of them. Well, almost all of them. Anyway... It's so great to be able to talk to Evan Singer and talk about the par train. You can follow him on Twitter, at the par train. It's just incredible. Life lessons. I'm a little upset with him for something, though, and I'll tell him what that is. Hi, Evan.
4: (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Matthew?
1: (laughs) I'm good. All right, let's get this out of the way right away because, you know, I'm a little ticked off about this so I might as well talk about it so we can get into the headspace of how great you are at helping people with the mental side of not only golf or sports in general but life that's what I think of the power train but I had to find out from my brother Mitch who is my older twin brother who I can't stand because he's my older brother uh, that is there there was a rumor going around that you're going to St Andrews for a month? Is that true? <laughs> this is true. Oh, oh. all right I, I might have to hang up. I don't I really <laughs> I don't know how to process this. Um, that is so fantastic. First of all, when are you going?
4: So mid-September we're gonna go yeah and my my wife and I were talking about it. And, you know, we want to have kids soon. Um, And we thought, you know, why not go to the places that we've always wanted to go? Mm -hmm. And my dream, so I've been to St. Andrew's twice. And every time, it's only been for a couple days. Yeah. Every time I go, I'm like, I want to, I love this place. There's a magic here. And I've always wanted to live there for a month and just engross myself into the culture and, you know, the threat of the town. So we were like, well, you can do your job from anywhere. This kind of is your job, so <laughs> why not, like, what are we doing? Why not take advantage of it? So wow. here, let me tell you this, Matthew, you're gonna love this. This is how Create a Universe is, okay? The day after we decided that we were gonna do this, I got a call from a friend that said he's going to travel a lot because he works remotely, but he needs a place to stay in Los Angeles uh, in swap. between places. And he's going to rent out our place, so we're not paying rent when we go. And three days after that, I was flying to Chicago for some meetings, and they the airline asked me, um, are you willing to get on another flight? We overbooked the flight, and they gave us a $3,000 flight credit. so not only did the universe pay for my flight to st andrews we have someone paying our rent which (laughs) is so crazy
1: oh Oh, man i love this more than you could know now the only (laughs) thing you got to do is did you find a place probably not yet to live while you're in st andrews
4: we did we found a little airbnb that's uh A one bedroom that's a 10 minute walk to
1: the old car. Oh, boy. All right. I hate you even more now. I thought I hated (laughs) you before, but now it's ramped up. Uh, That is so fantastic. Uh, And it doesn't surprise me at all because everything that you put out in the universe comes back like that because the stuff you put out is really great. I mean, I really believe that. I want to, I know I did this with, with you before, but your pinned tweet on. Twitter says this, and this is this is really the essence of I think the train. I wish the world was more like a golf foursome. You start as strangers, you struggle together, you encourage each other, you laugh, you tell stories, you leave as friends. I mean that that would you say that's right? That's kind of the bedrock of the things that you talk about. Those are the important things.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's nothing, you know, I don't think there's anything worse than, well, there's a lot of things worse, but in this reference of the conversation, leaving, leaving a golf course and realizing that you didn't enjoy yourself at all. Um, and I think that actually applies to every situation in life. You go to something, whether it's, you know, a conversation with a loved one, uh, uh, a work. Call whatever it is mm-hmm. to realize that you just didn't enjoy it. I think that's just a terrible feeling. So yeah. that's that's the goal of everything we do is to help people. You know, we just got a message yesterday that said he this guy was going to walk off the course um, on hole five, and he used the principles we talked about on the show, and he shot his best golf from six to nine, um, and that's that's kind of the magic of it, right? It's all we have we have a choice of how we see things and experience things. So to me, to go to know that you have some power over your experience, I think is the coolest thing that there could be.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's really interesting too. Is that 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 attitude? To be honest, is something that I've struggled with almost my whole life until fairly mm-hmm. recently, uh, and I think a lot of people do that it's how you're raised maybe or how a parent is or um i've always been a worrier and because that's in reality how my mom was and i grew up that way and i think my brother mitch did too being a twin he for a long time has has been preaching to me and living a life of gratitude to the point where mm-hmm. uh, you know i i'll say to him every once in a while Okay, stop, okay? I'm grateful, all right? Stop. (laughs) Um, But it's so important, and especially on the—not especially, that's ridiculous. It's it's very important on the golf course. I said before on this show that, yes, your swing is important. Yes, technique is important. Practice is important. But I don't think any of those things, at whatever level of golf you're playing, is as important as the mental— Part of the game, of hitting a bad shot and instead of being pissed off for three holes because you hit a bad shot, uh, the way you talk about it is, okay, why did I hit that j- All the things that go into the mental part of the game.
4: Yeah, and you can be disappointed. Right. And you can be frustrated, but that doesn't mean you can't accept it. You know? Yeah. And, and I'd ask your listeners... Think about think about your best rounds ever, and I'd, I'd ask you, what are you, what were you thinking about? And I can pretty much guarantee you, you weren't thinking about your swing during those times.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You'll probably say something to me like, "I wasn't really thinking anything at all." Yep. <laughs> or I was just kind of having fun with my friends, right? And we just interviewed Maria Fossey on the LPGA tour.
1: Oh, I uh, love her, Evan.
4: Yes, that was one of my favorite interviews we've done in a while. And she told me, I asked her, it was the fastest anyone's ever answered this question. I said, I play my best golf when? Fill in this sentence. And she goes, I'm having fun. Uh, Wow. And so it's kind of the opposite of what a lot of people think. Yeah. Right? Like, I think a lot of people think, referencing it to our platform, a lot of people think if I get on the par train, I'll enjoy the ride. But our thing is, if you enjoy the ride, you'll probably get on the par train.
1: Yeah, yep, and that's exactly right. See, I I was watching yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday, the final round of the PGA Professional Championship. And this is for PGA professionals uh, to get to the top 20, get to play in the PGA Championship in a couple weeks at Oak Hill. And these guys are incredible golfers, almost every one of them. And they all they kept talking about was the mental pressure of what these guys were going through. So it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you're a scratch golfer or a 20 handicap or whatever you are. The mental part of it is going to affect you all the time. And what I'm trying to do now when I get to play, because the weather sucks around here, um, is laugh at bad shots. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a good idea to kind of go, I can't believe I just did that, and laugh.
4: Yeah, you know what's a great thing to say that'll keep you round going? I learned this from um, Dr. Joe Parent, the author of Zen Golf, ah. uh, who's been on our show a couple times. Um, he said, say that was close. Oh. And you could say that after a really poor shot using sarcasm and humor. And you could (laughs) say that after a (laughs) mediocre shot, because you could probably pull something that was kind of close, Yeah. whether it was your mindset, whether it was your tempo, whether it was, you know, you hit those shots, you're like, Ooh, that was just a fraction off.
3: Right. Yeah.
4: But I'm getting closer. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how you stay on track. And keep your momentum going versus this emotional roller coaster of jubilation and depression.
1: Yeah, you right, know? right, which we all go through. But that's yeah. why the game is so unbelievable because for eighteen holes, obviously, I mean, you can chunk a wedge from one hundred and thirty and lay the sod over the ball, as they say, and hit it on the front of the green and then make a sixty foot putt. I mean, And we have that opportunity all the time. You know, it's funny, Evan. I was just thinking of my brother, Mitch. I referenced him before. And how he started. We both started playing golf very late in our lives, relatively. And he was in L.A. And the first time I ever went out to L.A. while he was there, I went to his house, and he had started playing golf, and I didn't. And I went into his bathroom, and on the wall of his bathroom – he had, I think it was a five iron that he had snapped over his leg and was crisscrossed hanging up on the wall in his bathroom. And I went, did you do that? And he went, oh yeah, you'll do it too. Trust me. And he he has evolved from that to laughing all the time on the golf course, which I hate because I hate when he can hold things over my head, but that's my problem, but
4: well, we should we should point out something your brother said, which is the the whole be grateful thing. And I think we've talked about this before. Sometimes, if you're struggling, and it doesn't necessarily need to be with golf, you could be right. struggling with something else and right. bring it to the golf course, right. like we all do. Yep. Um, being grateful is can be a really tough jump when you're feeling really down, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so sometimes yeah. you got to find a little less down. You got to find something that can help you feel a little less depressed. Mm -hmm. And that's your goal. Right. 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 You can't go from depressed to grateful, um, right away. Mm -hmm. So, um, and one thing that I've learned recently, uh, that, that I've really hit me hard was, um, I think it, a lot of times it's, it's resisting our current reality. Mm hmm. For the, because we want the finish line, uh, versus letting things unfold mm-hmm. and embracing the dance of it of what you just described, which is this game. I never know what's going to happen. So yeah, I could hit a ball OB, and then I could I could hole out from 130 yards right. and make par.
1: Right, right, right. Which yeah.
4: I would have never thought. And I'm going to tell people about that much more than a two putt par right the next pull. right so well, it,
1: it, go ahead i i was just going to say i have a very close friend who this is the perfect example of that on a 145 yard par three over water hit his first shot in the water and then hold out for a three yeah i mean that's exactly go. what you're talking about yeah so uh, all this is so fascinating. And before I let you go, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, it's not till September, and this is May, so you have some time to think about this. I am willing to take a month off from my work to come with you and your wife to St. Andrews and be your caddy, chef, butler, driver. Uh, I'm willing to do that for a nominal wow. fee. Yeah.
4: Wow, well, we should discuss that amount, because I tell you, the last time I went to Scotland, driving on the other side of the road produced a lot of stress <laughs> for Well, me, so.
1: this is the truth. I have done that. I have driven in England, in London, in Scotland. I'm really good at it. So I'm just saying I'm throwing it out there. We have enough time to make these plans. I'll talk to you about it, though, as we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks a million, man. It's so great to talk to you. I am such a huge, huge fan of you, you and, and the Any work time. you guys do. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. See ya. Bye.
0: Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by French Lick Resort
1: Casino. Welcome back. It's time once again here on Backspin Golf to speak with my pal, my buddy, my Semi-regular partner, kind of, on on backspin golf, as he has been for quite a while now. He was a young guy when he started, and now he's relatively old, like I am. Dan Hauser down there in uh, Florida. My guy. Hi, Danny boy. What's happening? Yo, 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 yo. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, that, that was a great introduction. I was I was once younger, and I now, in fact, am older. So there there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty good with
1: these intros. You know, I I've been doing this a long time, as you can tell. I'm really good with these. It, first of all, on your, as we always talk about your great Twitter account at Dan Hauser Golf H A U S E R, and of course, he is now a huge contributor to Golf Unfiltered, uh, which is also one of our absolute favorites and our buddy Adam and all the great stuff going on at Golf Unfiltered. On your Twitter account, there's an actual picture of a golf course from a couple days ago, a beautiful-looking golf course with an immaculate cloudless sky and a Bridgestone golf ball on a tee and it says another beautiful day on the course yesterday with Bridgestone Golf. So I'm assuming that's that was you. You were actually out on the course playing.
5: That was me at the lovely North Tom um, Country Club down here in uh, South Florida. I was just taking advantage of uh, once again the beautiful weather that you always love it when I yeah. talk to you about and yeah. tell you about and whatnot mm-hmm. and got a little got out and played a little golf the other day.
1: Wow, that's something. I've still I've played once uh, in quite a while. Uh, I'm hoping I might be able to get out uh, soon, but
5: well, you were you were you were bad. You were dealing with some uh, some injury things and getting some stuff done, and you yeah, know, I, now now you, you're you're all set to go now. Once you go back out again, I, I would imagine you got to be cleared now.
1: Oh, absolutely! No, my hip's been great. It's been all about the weather mostly here, yeah, but so. it's starting to get to you know. As I say this, it'll probably snow this week or something here, but <laughs> that's normal for, uh, you know, Central Kentucky, on Kentucky Derby weekend, which was yeah, right. yesterday. <laughs> uh, all right, here's where I want to start with you. Now we know we've had we have the Wells Fargo this weekend. Uh, and I was a little shocked on Thursday when I looked at, I was watching, I, I turned it on when it was on Golf Channel. And I saw the names of the, of the guys who are playing in the Wells Fargo. But there's a reason for that because it's another elevated event, as we call them. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your feelings about, we, and then we'll talk about Rory, because we all know he skipped one of these designated events and Wow, he lost $3 bucks. I don't. I feel so sad for him. Anyway. Um,
5: Surrounding error for him. I don't even know if he'll notice it missing. <laughs> that's a, a good
1: point. Talk to me a little bit about these designated events and and what's going on.
5: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously starting next year, a lot of these elevated events are going to be no-cut fields, so they're going to be very small and very uh, intimate, should we say. But mm-hmm. for, for this year, they're still essentially – full field events and basically what we're having happen now is essentially basically every other week on the on the schedule is an elevated event which listen when the when the concept came out we're thinking great we'll just get to see these guys more often but Mm -hmm. it's it's essentially every week now and i don't know about you but just i'm not even playing in these events but just as a fan i feel like i'm almost feeling fatigued just Hmm. essentially having to watch every single week now because every single week is this elevated event with all the big names Playing in, and it's like, can we get a week off? Because we basically (laughs) have been going since the California swing, and there hasn't really been any spots for us even to to kind of be like, okay, we don't really need to tune in this week because every week it seems to be another designated event, elevated event, WGC event, this thing, that thing that all these big names are playing in. So, you know, I know that you know Rory skipped one. Uh, I believe Rom skipped this week after playing in Mexico last week. It just you know, you, wanna, you want these guys playing at all these elevated events, and then there's talks of if you miss more than one, you get fined. But you're also not giving these guys weeks off for them to take to kind of keep their games sharp. So do you really want the 17th elevated event in 20 weeks where John Rahm hasn't been home in six months? You know, mm-hmm. what kind of quality of golf is that at that point?
1: You know, it's it's a really interesting discussion, and it's not one that you hear about. A lot, because, as you said, the the main point of this was to get the big guys and these fields playing more often, and the way they did it was designating events. and uh, Let's talk for a minute about Rory, who, uh, you know, I'm a huge Rory fan for everything that he's handled and done. He's now the voice of the PGA Tour and the face of the PGA Tour, basically. Uh, he and John Rom, and he takes off. You're allowed to take one of them off, according to the tour. He took a second one off and didn't play at Hilton Head, I think it was. And they fined him three million of his twelve million uh, for the pip, the uh, player impoverished. Uh, uh whatever
5: it is um but uh, player impact program right yeah
1: that's what it was <laughs> the player impact program but you know as you said i mean obviously 3 million is a lot of money but not to rory and not to these guys um and so and i felt for rory the whole time i mean he was very honest about it he said he knew what he was doing um, he just he needed time away to be with his family. He had missed the cut at the Masters, and I totally felt for him as I would feel for all these guys. And if they if being fined for missing a second one is what's going to happen, most of these guys now not all of them have as much money as Rory, but most of these guys are doing pretty well. So I feel for him. But it's an interesting take on your part about. Even fans need to take a breath for a week.
5: Well, well, and you think about this, too. So for us as fans or whatever, you know, we, we come in on Thursday when, it, when the TV coverage starts and we watch for a couple days and we move on. You know, these guys, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, are practicing. Well, normally they'd be practicing and getting ready for tournament week. But then when you factor in a guy like Rory, who's essentially become the face of the, of the PGA Tour because Jay Monahan seems to not feel like talking to anyone, you know, instead of Rory maybe practicing on Monday or Tuesday or maybe getting a day off of, but to, to rest and spend time with his family on that Monday and Tuesday of tournament weeks, you know, he's on all-day conference calls and meetings and, and doing this as the as a, as a face of the tour. So when you think about just almost the fatigue we as fans feel when we just, you know, parachute in on Thursday, watch for a couple hours and move on with our lives, like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Rory's basically having to do essentially all-day office work for mm-hmm. his ro- new role with the tour. And then he's also got to find time to pra- find time to practice. He's got a young child at home that he's sure he'd like to spend time with him and his wife. So something's got to give at some point. And Rory, after that missed at the Masters, said, "What's going to give is is the Wells, or, you know, is Hilton Head, and I'll just take my hit and move on and and take some time away."
1: Right. Yeah. And like I said, it's totally understandable to me. Uh, you know, I get exhausted doing a daily sports show for two hours every day. And I'm, I'm a world-class athlete. I don't know if you know absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Of course, of course. Of course you did. Uh, all right, let's switch over for a minute and talk about something that happened this week also, and that is uh, that the DP World Tour announced this past Wednesday that Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, and Sergio Garcia have resigned their memberships on the DP World Tour that normally you would go, yeah, so. Uh, And obviously, they're all playing on the Live Tour. That means that they can no longer play in the Ryder Cup. And we all know how important all three of those guys have been to the Ryder Cup. And I don't want to get it. We all know how we feel about the Live Tour and all that. But um, talk to me for a minute about this. And by the way, they all got fined uh, by... The, the European tour, the DP World Tour. Sergio is the only one who has not paid his fine, by the way, which I thought was and, interesting, too.
5: And, and what's particularly interesting about the fact that he has not paid that fine is that when all these guys from both tours agreed to go to live, part of the, part of the, kind of the deal was that uh, in the event that they would incur any sort of fines or, or any sort of legal ramifications from them to live, Liv said, "We'll we'll pay your fines. We'll pay for this stuff." So, right. Liv live. Liv, we'll pay it. Sergio's fine. He just, for whatever reason, is being stubborn and trying to make a point by saying, "I don't even. I'm not paying it. I don't want you to pay it. I'm not. I don't want anyone to pay it." So, right. you know, for the other, for for the other guys who resigned and had those fines, you know, I'm I, I'm only assuming, but I'm sure Live just cut the DP World Court we'll World a check for all these guys. but Sergio's like, "No, don't do it." Item, I'm
1: yeah. You
5: know, I mean, we know how Sergio is the guy. You know, we don't have Sergio is when it comes to being a hothead and being, you know, uh, irrational at times. So yeah. why he wouldn't just let the live tour pay his fine, I have no idea. But I did find it interesting that he was the only one that kind of said, no, I'm not having letting anyone pay it. Right.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks so much for jumping on. I will talk to you very soon because we have another major coming up. I don't know if you we know do. this.
5: Yeah, (laughs) the PGA is coming up. Yeah,
1: that's correct. Uh, So uh, you and I on in two weeks will discuss uh, the PGA Championship from Oak Hill. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Okay, thanks, man. Have fun out on the golf courts or whatever you're doing.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, the invitation always stands. You can come down for a round whenever.
1: I'd like to, Sean. I'm leaving. Okay. All right, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, man.
5: All right, sounds good. See you guys. See you.
1: Dan Hauser, Golf Unfiltered. All right, that'll do it. Boy, this this show was, they're all fun. But this, between Tucker Booth and Evan Singer and Danny, boy, uh, I really enjoyed this. Some great stuff shared. And as always, I couldn't do this of course, without our incredible partners. Commonwealth Credit Union, Edwin Watts Golf, Critter Control, Truly Nolan, French Lick Resort, Gearheads of Nicholasville, Georgetown Advantage Air, Lexington Parks and Rec, of course, for our great golf courses, and Maple Leaf Roofing Systems, Wowing Central Kentucky, One roof at a time. We'll be back next week at 8.03 a.m. for another edition of Backspin Golf. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. It's ESPN 92.5 and 1300 a.m.
0: Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Lexington Parks and Recreation.